Good morning, everybody. Good morning. We are... Um, today is the 23rd day of the Omer. And uh, if you add three to that, it's Daf Chavav in the... Uh, in 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 the the in Dafyomi, um, and uh, so we'll so we'll do a review of yesterday's daf daf chavhei and get to today's daf. What did we learn? And we're learning Lilinishmas from a Bashmol Shimon. May her neshama have an aliyah, and also to Daniel Bernet Baruch Ben Yudaleib Ve'Amy. And may his neshama have an aliyah. And right. with that, let's get started. And all the sick people. All the sick people should get a refuah yeah, shalema. Okay. Yes. Okay. Amen. Okay. So, uh, we're talking about Rabbi Yossi ben Amshulam, and we were, um, um, we had seen his opinion in the Mishnah. And um, we wanted to know what is the real reasoning of Rabbi Yosef ben Amshulam in allowing the uh, the the making of a lo- of a line that you're able to have a proper shkita, and it's not considered geziza, it's not considered shearing, it's not a prohibition to do so to the animal. And the question is, what is the basis for that? And it's relevant because we want to know would it be allowed on yamtiv because. If the reason is because it's a davar she'inu miskavin, so then it would be even allowed on yamtiv. And if the reason is is because talish and gziza are not the same thing, but uh, then it would be prohibited on yamtiv because it's still okir davar migedula. You're pulling something out of its place of growth. So this is the discussion. That's the question. So the Gemara bottom line said uh, that uh, Rav Huna said. On Yamtiv, it's going to be allowed. So that brought us to the assume, assumption that basically what that means is is that yes, Davrashain uh, Miskavan is mutter, and that's the reason. Okay? So the Gemara says on that, we in fact, Rav Hananya Barshlami also says that applies to Yamtiv. So there's other people back it up. The problem is, is that Rav himself seemingly should not hold that way. Why? Because Rav was talking about a case, Ash, he said the name of Rav. That when you have this rag that you use to stop up the the thing, that's a pro, stop up a, the hole where the spigot is attached, um, and you're you're in the process, you're going to be squeezing the rag. That's a problem, even though it's a davrashein miskaven. So you see, davrashein miskaven is also. So the says that's not the same kind of davrashein miskaven. That's not called not having. That's not the same thing, and that's because, like Abay and Rava say, a very famous idea: psikresh v'liyamos is a. Uh, uh, Right, if you if you just uh, the the basically the gemara, the definition of the meaning of the, that concept of that terminology is uh, mm. is a rhetorical question that uh, if uh, the father says that my son was looking for a toy to play with, so I uh, chopped off the head of the chicken for the so that he could have a toy. So my intention was not to slaughter the chicken. My intention my intention was merely to give my kid a little toy to play with. Nothing like a little. Head of a chicken okay. to play with. Some gifts. Okay. Nice. Oh, it's a nice toy. Yes, I can. Yeah. I can sort of understand that. But anyway, the point being is, is that the, uh, uh, is that is that the, how can that be allowed? It's psikresha veloyomos. You cut off its head and it's not going to die. Of course, it's going to die. And therefore, since it's a a, a, a given that that result will happen, it's considered your intent. You can't say you did not intend to kill the animal because that's. 
uh, an impossibility. It's it's inevitable, and that's the and that's the idea, and that's the same principle over here. When you squeeze the rag to put it in, you will be squeezing out the rag, and there will be an automatic. Even though that's not your intention, it's still going to definitely happen. It becomes as if it's your intention, and that's the concept of a psik resha. So, um, that's the story. Anyway, the bottom line is. We did, that was not a proof what Rav holds, but uh, we did actually see that Rav does paskin like Rav Yehuda, that uh, that uh, was covenant is in fact prohibited. It is Shmuel, on the other hand, who says that Allah falls from Shimon that Davashin was covenant's mutter, and it's interesting happens to be that uh, that that uh, Psak does follow Shmuel's opinion that we paskin like Rav Shimon. But uh, bottom line is, in terms of Rav, it seems to be an inconsistency in Rav, because how could he say that on Yantavit's mutter, which would seem to imply that he holds Tav Shemus Kavanah's mutter, and yet over there, um, it seems to be that Rav is paskening, like Rav Yudha, that Tav Shemus is Osir. So the Gemara says, you know what, really, Rav does hold Tav Shemus Kavanah as Osir, and Tolish. The reason why it's different is because it's not it's not the same thing as shearing. You're pulling out the hair. You're not shearing the hair. If so, why yom to visit allowed? Because it should be uh, uh, it should still be prohibited because it's okra dover megdulo. The reason is, is because it's an okra dover megdulo kilacher yad. You're doing it in an abnormal way, in a backhanded way, and that's not prohibited on yom Tif, And that's the discussion. So the gemara says. Is it true that Rav really holds Tolish is not Gozes? Why? Because the Brisa says that when you pull off a wing, a uh, feather from the wing, and you uh, cut it, and you strip it to be able to use it as a pen, so you're trying to basically manufacture a feather so, uh, for writing, a quill, right? A quill for writing. So you can be have three chatos because you're transgressing three prohibitions of Shabbos. So, Toldish is chayv for gozis, Kotim is chayv for mechatech, and Mamarit is chayv for mamachik. So, why is, and that's, so you see Toldish is gozis. So it's kasha, so the Gemara says that's not the same thing. There, the way to do the gziza of the feathers is by plucking. That is the, the main way. So therefore, normal, it goes by what's the normal activity. And the normal activity for getting, for removing the feathers from a bird is to pluck them. Okay. Brings us to the next question. To make what? a pen, really. No, no. The, the way to get the feathers so is by plucking. Pluck. Yeah. And that's the what point. Plucking is normal. That's why you're chayv for gziza, because that's the norm. Okay. That's all. Okay. All right. Um, brings us to the next question, which is that we said that if it would follow, logic would dictate that if Rav holds like Rabbi Yossi ben Amshulam, then Rabbi Yossi ben Amshulam holds also like Rav. And if that's true, so um, that, that would mean that Rabbi Yosef ben Amshulam would hold that Tav Hashem Kavan really is Asr. And if that's true, the price doesn't fit in. Why? Because the price says that there, if you have a very interesting scenario, you have a paraduma that um, is perfect, except for the fact that the, uh, that the ends of two of its hairs are black, which ruins it. So uh, says Rabbi Yosef ben Amshulam, he says it's an easy trick. Um, what you do is you grab your scissors, your trusty old scissors, cut off the tips that are, that are black and the roots are red, and then everything's fine and it's back to being a, a perfectly kosher paraduma. Now, why would that be allowed? Isn't Gziza 
uh, uh, prohibited, even though that's not your intention, obviously to shear or to shear, but it's a it's 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 assumedly the same as a korban and should be prohibited. So Gemara says one reason why that's okay is because a, a para a cow it's not really subject to gaziza, it's not normal to do that. Nobody's interested in the fur of uh, of cows. It's not naturally collected, and therefore that's why it's not prohibited. Problem with that is, is that there's a price that explicitly states that there, that it does not need to be the norm for it to be prohibited. When it says lo saavod bechorsh aracha and lo sagos bechorsh zanecha, we said that this that they're also interchangeable. That you're also not allowed to do avoda with a bechorsh zoncha, and you're also not allowed to do a gziza on the bechorsh orcha, and even though that's not normal. So. Um, so that's basically right. We applied them both to, to both sides. So the Gemara says, you want to know why? It's, so again, and we, that's not only by Bechor, that's to be applied by all Kurbanos. So we're back to a big, big question. So the Gemara says, maybe Paradum is different because it's only Kachet Bedek Bayis. Kachet Bedek does not have an Iser Giz on it. So there's no shearing, no problem to shear Bedek Bayis Kedusha. So the Gemara says, Actually, Rebbe Loser says that Kachabedek Bayis is Azur Begiza. So we're still stuck on this. So the Gemara says, maybe that's only rabbinic. It's not from the Torah. So the Gemara says, and if, what if it's, so what if it's the rabbis who say it? Doesn't that still make it problematic? So the Gemara says, you want to know why? Because it's the only Xer Midar Banan. And guess what? They never made the Xer by Paraduma. And the reason why is because there are only seven in history so far. Okay. Uh, it's not that common, and therefore we have a general principle. When do the rabbis make zeris? Only on things that are common enough scenarios. In other words, they're not in the business of just making prohibitions. Only when they're, it's a common occurrence, something that is relevant. If it's something that's extremely rare, it wouldn't be necessary, and therefore they never made the gzera. It's only kedushas bedikabayis, and therefore it's fine. So the Gemara says, why do we need to come on to such a such a uh, an allowance over here. After all, it does have kedushas bedik bias. It is technically would have been included in the transgression that's prohibited for the rabbis. Why don't you do a very easy trick, which is basically redeem it out of Hagdish's hands? Once you redeem it from Hagdish, you could do with this animal as you please. So you could trim its hair; it's not a problem. And then you give it back to Hagdish, and everything's back to normal. So Gemara says that would be pretty easy if it was just anything old, any old thing. But don't forget there's a paraduma, and it's not likely that any individual would have enough money to actually redeem it to its value because paraduma is the same thing as hitting a jackpot. Okay, so if you are in the animal raising business and you're raising red, you know, trying to get a red heifer, it's like literally you'll be, you'll be basically retired for life if you can actually find that that one animal that has the red, that is the red heifer. So that's the story. So, um... This is not what the problem is. It's Oh. <laughs> it's that is the main reason. <laughs> I know it's yeah. That's why it's, it's the fur of the hair or the fur of the paradigma might be worth something as opposed to annoying a cow. I never think. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you I mean it's like a memento who, from a paraduma? These shear, were the two. Shear, who's going to shear a paraduma? But maybe paraduma for is worth something. Oh, I see. Right, could be. Not, not anyway, we're talking about two black hairs. That's exactly why we said it's not practical. Right, to redeem it is not practical. 
Ah, Shmuel holds you don't need to redeem to its value. You can redeem it to any value, and technically it's still going to be redeemed. Gemara says that's still only Bidyevet, not Lechadchila, and that's the first answer. It's a more simple answer to this whole discussion, which is that although Rav holds like Rabbi Yosef ben Amshulam, that does not automatically mean that Rabbi Yosef ben Amshulam holds like Rav. It, uh, he could hold that it's, also, that it's because of Tavrashen and Miskavin. It's just Rav uh, happens to agree with Yosef ben Amshulam for different reasons. So the, that was another alternate answer. Then we took us to the Next topic, Rav Ashi said in the name of Rish Lakish that this is only true when you're combing it to separate the wool with your hand. But with the vessel, with the utensil, that is going to be prohibited. Um, aye, it sounds like it's also makam bikubit. It sounds like you're using the knife to pull it apart. So Kumar says, no, no, no. Likubit's for the purpose of being able to cut it with the knife. Okay, brings us to the next thing, which is the pulling out of the hair. Um, to see a mum is also going to be permissible. So the shaila that we wanted to know is that lechatchilo or only b'diavet. And Rabbi Yirmiya brought a, a proof from the fact that it talked about the wool that is uh, on the ears, and you want to check the ears for a blemish. So Rabbi Yosi ben Amshulam says, pull it out to be able to show the mum. So you see that's even lechatchilo, and that's the bottom line. Rav Mari says this is also the Mishnah because the Mishnah says v'chein Why would it be a v'chein? If it's just that you shouldn't move it from its place and you have to leave the wool in, like on the area and not let it fall to the ground, so um, that's obvious because even by shchita, where the shchita is clear what your intent is, um, and you're still not allowed to move the wool away, clearly just to see the place of the mum would surely be not allowed to let the wool fall to the ground. So it must be we're talking about the fact that can you, you can be tolish lechatchila, and that means it's lechatchila, and that was a good raya. Brought us to the next Mishnah, the hair of a Bukhar Balmum that falls to the ground, and you play, and, and that by itself, it wasn't intentional. And now you put it on the windowsill, and then ended there, in the end, the animal ended up getting to Balmum, they shacht it. Um, so Akavi ben Mal says that's mutter, and the Chum say that's going to be prohibited. Okay, this is all Reb Yehuda's version. Reb Yossi's version is is that uh, that's not the case that Akavi ben Mal permitted. Rather, what he permitted was the case of where the hair of a balmum that falls out was placed on the window, and then the animal died. Okay, it's a balmum, but it died. It didn't get slaughtered. Where normally when it dies, you just have to bury it. And still, Akavi Bamal allows it and the Chum prohibit it. What about wool that is hanging loose on the Bukhar? As long as it looks like it goes along with the regular shearings, then it would be mutter, otherwise, it would be prohibited. So that's the Mishnah. So the first thing the Gemara wants to know is that is uh, Rabbi Yossi's version saying that Akavi Bamal would say in the case of Shechita that it's prohibited? If anything, it should be the opposite is true. It's more likely to be prohibited when the animal dies than when it was slaughtered. Because the, when once the animal is slaughtered, the animal is permitted to use. Um, so that's like obvious. So the Gemara says, you're right. This is not the case that only Akavias Matir and the Chacham prohibit by the case of Shechita. Everybody agrees that, that it's Mutter, the wool that, was, that fell off. The whole is in the case of mace. That's Rav Yelsi's position. Now, Rav Asi said in the Rishlakish, this whole machlokas is only if 
this animal was matir, it was nitar by a momcha. An expert came and says it's permissible. One opinion is that we make exera, maybe you'll come to uh, leave it. And the other opinion says not. But uh, if a mumcha never permitted it, then everybody would say it's definitely prohibited. That's for sure not going to be allowed. So Rav Shesha asked the kash on that, that it says that Balmum are Asr Bekolshu. What is the case of a Balmum Asr Bekolshu? It's a little bit long-winded. Rav Yossi says that you should check into it. And we wanted to know what does this mean? If it's checking into it to see there's a Balmum, why wouldn't that you found a... Basically we're saying there's a blemished animal that got mixed into a hundred other animals. Of course, the, you know, so what does it mean? They're all prohibited? And the other opinion says check. So if you find an animal that, that's the blemished one, obviously you should be able to remove it and where everything's fine now. So why would there need to be any dispute? So obviously, um, Rav Nachman explains, the name of Rabbi Vua, that we're talking about not the animal themselves, because that would surely be obvious. We're talking about the wool, which is kind of harder to find to match up the wool to which animal is the blemished one, and that's what got mixed in. And uh, we're talking about the shearing of a Bukhar Balmum that got mixed up with shearings of regular chulin. And the Tanakam is Rabbi Udo who says that it, even when it's Nishchat, the rabbis say it's prohibited. And Rabbi Yossi is Lushitaso, who says that when it's Nishchat, the rabbis say that it's permissible. So that fits in perfectly. And the, what does Yivukar mean? It means you... Um, yeah, we're checking to see if it's a mum kavua or if it's a mum over. But once we determine that it's a mum kavua, so then everything's um, even though it, uh, uh, even though it wasn't neater by mumcha. So we got here a clear cut proof that you don't need it to be neater by mumcha as long as it was uh, had the mum. That's good enough. So this is our kasha seemingly uh, on that. So Rava says, no, 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 you misunderstood it. Yevukar means you're checking if it was neater by mumcha or not. That's what you check into. So it doesn't prove anything. So meantime, that was the whole discussion, the kasha, the teretz. Ravan came to Eretz Yisrael and mentioned it over to Rabbi Yirmi, and Rabbi Yirmi said, you Babylonians got it all wrong. You totally missed the boat in that whole discussion. It's not talking about the shearings at all over there. What it's talking about is a very different scenario. Talking about where it was checked. Uh, they looked for the missing animal that, got, that had a blemish. He went in with all the other animals, and we don't know, we can't find it. All the animals seem to not have a blemish. That's where the Chacham say that we got to worry that it's somewhere here. And, uh, and the Rebiosi says, look, if each one checks out, you can allow it. Uh, I, where did the missing animal go? It's not my problem. That's the basic, that's the discussion over here. <clears throat> And it's the same as that we find with the mayor and the Rabbanon um, talking about, you have a field, and the field has a dead body somewhere in the field that you know about it, so there's a cheskas And does it retain that cheskas even though I checked the dirt, I dug it up, I felt all over the place, and I couldn't find any uh, sign of any prohibition. So the Tanakhama, basically Rameir says that it stays bitumaso till you find Toma. You have to be able to find the Toma and remove it. And the Chama say, no, you keep digging. Once you hit the bedrock or untailed earth that was never touched, then you know that basically it's not here anymore. Okay. So Rav Asi says in Rav Yochanan that uh, we're talking, that's one answer. Rav Asi said in the name of Yochanan, we're talking about a different case, very similar, but the reverse. You checked and you did find one with a blemish. And that's the Machlokas of Rebbe and Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. 
what's the case? You have a field that we lost the, the kever in it. Somebody goes in and finds a um, and 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 finds a kever. So um, uh, then anybody who goes in will be tarred from this time, uh, because they say probably the kever that got lost is the kever that was found, and then everything's okay. So uh, that's Rabbi's opinion. Rabbi Shem Gamil says no. You still have to check the entire field because if there's one kever, maybe there's more. Now this is the two sides. It's Rav Asi versus. Um, Rabbi Chia Baraba. Now, why did Ravasi not like Rabbi Chia Baraba's the first terrace? That's because he'll tell you, look, by Tuma, you could say maybe the Tuma disappeared. A raven came, took it away, the dead body. Um, a, rat, a rat came, took it away. It's all possible. But over here, the Balmum animal can't disappear. It's got to be here somewhere, right? So how did it just disappear? What does the other side say? Rabbi Chia Baraba says, yeah, but maybe it was a, it was. What we thought was a permanent blemish, but it turned out it was temporary, and it healed. It got healed by itself. Okay. Rav Chir why didn't he like Rav Asi's answer? Because he says, look, by a field, if you bury one person, maybe in other people that are buried there also. So I understand why there might be a chumrah. But by Kachim, once you check and you don't see it, um, was, why would I assume there's going to be more blemishes? Um, I found the I found an animal with a blemish. There is more pre-checked animals. There's no reason to assume a blemish would appear out of nowhere. And the answer is no. That we are worried about it because maybe since they do gore each other, it's uh, common for a mum to appear. And that is basically where we stopped. And we'll take it from the bottom of the page for the.